The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You're listening to the Totally Useless Information Podcast on the Nick and Roy channel. Subscribe and share. Winston Churchill was born where? According to the manufacturer of Spalding, the average lifespan of the NBA basketball is how many bounces? <laughs> I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. And we go out of our way to scour the internet for information you really, really don't need. So let's find out together what other useless information is out there in this episode of Totally Useless Information. It's everything you never needed to know. By listening once a week, you get smarter than you think. The Totally Useless Information Podcast, hosted by Nick and Roy. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of Totally Useless Information Podcast. Hello, Roy. Hello, hello, from Florida. How are things in Florida? Beautiful? They are beautiful, yes. It's wonderful down here. Great place, great place. And so is Toronto. Toronto, Canada is beautiful and all year round. Doesn't matter when you visit, it's absolutely wonderful. Wonder bar, as you like to say. Love, love Toronto. Great place. You know, I was thinking when you and Elaine came down here, there was a fountain outside of the... Do you remember what we did with the fountain outside the hotel? We took pictures yeah. in such an angle as though it looked like we were urinating. <laughs> yes. And it's just a miracle that our spouses are still with us after all these years. <laughs> that's, well, that's, you see, that's the kind of friendship that Roy and I have. So uh, we've been friends, best friends since high school. And it's like one of those things, before we started uh, producing these podcasts, he and I would uh, get on the phone and just talk, you know, for whatever period of time, hour, hour and a half, catch up on some stuff. And then months would go by, and then we wouldn't talk to each other for no particular reason. Then we'd pick up the phone and, and, and call each other and pick up where we left off in the last conversation. Right there, yeah. Right. That's the kind of friendship that we have. So we said, hey, let's do this thing. Let's record these conversations because we always love to give each other useless information. And so this is where the Totally Useless Information Podcast was born. This is going on for 40 years. <laughs> this episode of The Friendship. This episode. <laughs> yes. I got one right off the bat. Okay. Did you know hot water turns to ice faster than cold water? Now, I know that that's people out there going, well, I've heard that. That's not a big deal. Really? Hold on. I've heard that. That's not a big deal. Well, what is the effect called? The scientific effect. Oh, okay. Now you got me. Sorry. I didn't know. The Memphiba effect. M-P-E-M-B-A. Memphiba effect. So there, everybody. Send me an email. <laughs> or better yet, send us a tray of ice cubes. <laughs> According to the manufacturer Spalding, who produces NBA regulation basketballs, the average lifespan of an NBA basketball is 10,000 bounces. 10,000? So think, 
10,000 bounces. So the poor guy who had this, he must have had one tired hand, wow, as it were, to bounce the ball 10,000 times before he said, okay, that's it. So Spalding makes good stuff apparently, right? 10,000 bounces in a, in a regulation NBA basketball. You think they could cut that down and make a little extra money on people buying new balls, you know? Yep, that's Maybe. what they get for handling their balls. They have to buy a new one. <laughs> Unintended. Yes. You know how many ways that you can make change of a dollar? How many different ways? I would guess, I don't know, 50. 293 different ways of making change of a U.S. dollar. Wow. Now, years ago, we talked about the uh, the Canadian loonie. Like, we, we got rid of the, the $1 bill up here. Yes. There was a time that years ago in the States that the United States was considering getting rid of the paper dollar and going to, I think it was the Susan B. Anthony coin. What a disaster. It was. Well, technically, it didn't happen because, as far as I was concerned, America doesn't like change. Uh, Thank you. Plus, it was the same size as a damn quarter, and people were giving dollars away when a dollar meant something. That's right, yes. <laughs> I remember when a dollar used to go far. The ancient Greeks called the number seven a perfect number. It was the sum of a triangle, which had three sides, and a square, which had four sides. So they put the two together, they could add to seven, and they called it, the ancient Greeks called the number seven a perfect number. I got a cool number thing. I-V is the Roman numeral Four, IV. Yes. Right. Okay. It's also what I like to put into my arm when I'm in the hospital. <laughs> or at a bar. <laughs> yes. Did the Romans invent the IV? Is that what happened? Is that what it was? No, but the, the letter IV is technically the number four. But did you ever notice that on a clock that has Roman numerals, the number four is four dashes. Three is three dashes. Four is four dashes. The rest are all regular Roman numerals. And I, when I read this, I said, no way. And I look in my house, and I have, my wife has this clock collection, and a bunch of the clocks, the four is four dashes. And there was one <laughs> that had an IV on it. But honestly, most of them, an authentic Roman face clock. Next time you guys look, you're going to be amazed because it really technically is not the number four. Yes, for those of you out there who have a clock fetish. Yes, exactly. Check it out. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. Don't try to tick me off. <laughs> oh, that. Listening to the Totally Useless Information Podcast. I'm Nick. He's Roy. You're listening to us, and we thank you very much. Week after week, we appreciate you tuning in and sending us your feedback. Yes, TUI Podcast at Outlook.com. Yeah, to John that emailed us, because I've been going through the emails. John emailed Thanks, John. us. He said, What type of hobos are you that you made those jingles? <laughs> so, John didn't like our animals jingle, which I think is... He didn't? No. I think it's great. I'll tell you the truth. I, You know, I think it's just... Uh, it's really... It's just... Win an Emmy. 
Grammy, excuse me, a Grammy. A Grammy, yes. <laughs> you know, it took a long time for us to get the lion and the elephant and the cat mm -hmm. to stay mm -hmm. in a studio and to record that jingle. Big, big budget. What do you got, Animal? Animal, wasn't Animal one of the characters on uh, The Muppets? Yeah, I loved Animal. He was the best. Animal, Animal, Woman. He played the drums. Yeah, he, he played the drums in the band. Polar Bears. Fur is not white. It's actually clear hair. And the reason that oh. they appear white is because they reflect the reflection off of the snow, the white snow. Termites have been known to eat food twice as fast when heavy metal music is playing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's true. You play a little Black Sabbath and boom. <laughs> yeah, Led Zeppelin. Yeah, rock it, baby. Yeah, termites. <laughs> That's why I don't ever play that stuff in the house. It'll fall right down. That's right. <laughs> there is a wasp in Brazil that will sting you multiple times. It does not die after it stings you. Like a bee dies after it stings you. This particular wasp and some wasps can multiply, multiple stings they can do. But this particular wasp, he will sting you continuously until he kills himself. Oh, okay. Last laugh is on the wasp. In Texas, it is illegal to put graffiti on someone else's cow. Yeah, yeah, that happens a lot in Texas. Does it really? <laughs> it's, like, it's like, hey, you like know, what's... I don't like that guy. Let's go graffiti his cows. Yeah. Like, what's what's your tag? Nick's, uh, trying, uh, Nick's trying to give you some street cred here. He's trying to... <laughs> we grew up in New York. He's trying to... <laughs> You know, I'm telling you right now, I'm wearing my jeans halfway down my hips. <laughs> but the the screwed up part is he forgot to put underwear on. <laughs> hey, there's an expression we need to find out. When you go commando, yeah. where did that come from? Right, we'll find that out in the podcast. Find out and I never want to see it. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, I have street creds, man. You know my favorite rapper? Is what? The classical musical rapper, Yo-Yo Mama. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Baby robins eat 14 feet of earthworms every day. Hold on, wait a minute. What happened with the graffiti and cows? What was the story there? It's illegal. Hold on. I told you already. In Texas, it's illegal to put graffiti on someone else's cow. Oh, it's okay. a law. Okay. Do you need anything else? Like, oh, that's no. all you need to know. I need nothing else after that. <laughs> Baby robins eat 14 feet of earthworms every day. And if you're in Texas, don't put graffiti on someone else's cow. No. And I got it. Ready? Chameleons. You know, the, the little lizard thing that changes color. Chameleons can move their eyes in two different directions at the same time. So they can focus. I guess their brain has the ability to focus on two different objects moving at the same time. Cool. I love that one. Yeah. Hit it for John. Animal, for John. Animal, animal, crazy animal. Just like Casey Kasem used to have, that was a dedication brought out to this one's for you, John. Thanks for listening to the Totally Useless Information Podcast. Can I do my teaser? Sure. Okay. So my teaser was about Winston Churchill. Where was he born? And I know that most people would say, well, he's English, so maybe he wasn't born in England or whatever. But it's got nothing to do with that. He was born in his mother's house. No, it's a place where, yeah, it's a place where he was born. It was not a hospital. 
His mom was a, uh, she apparently liked to dance. So she was in like a bar or dance hall. And uh, good old uh, Winston decided he wanted to come into the world. So she went to the ladies' room and had him in the ladies' room of a dance hall. Wow. Mm -hmm. Good old Winston Churchill. It is time on the Totally Useless Information Podcast for... Where do expressions come from? I don't know where, I don't know where. Where do expressions come from? We want to know right now. I'm Nick, he's Roy. This is the Totally Useless Information Podcast. You can send us your emails, your requests for expressions or anything else you hear on this program to tuipodcast at outlook.com. It's mailbag. Mailbag time. Mailbag. Okay, this is mailbag, and this is Carol from Florida. Carol's in the... You have mail. Thank you. Florida. You're welcome. Carol is in the panhandle of Mm -hmm. Florida, Destin, and she writes in, where did the name bikini come from? Very, very good for Florida. Everybody wears bathing suits all the time. Bikini. So I, I... Start. I looked it up and it came up under phrases, which was odd. But the the, the term bikini was named because in the in the late forties, early fifties, when bikinis first came out, they the designers that saw them said, "Wow, that's like a bombshell. That's like an atomic bomb. I mean, if a woman wears that at the beach, it's like the bomb that went off in the Marshall Islands at Bikini Island is where they did the atomic bomb testing. And they said that would be like a bomb in a bikini. That's amazing. I like that one. That's pretty cool. Thanks for sharing that and not your bikini. (laughs) The expression, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. When you get rid of something valuable. In the 16th century, most people would bathe only once a year. And even when they did that, the entire family would bathe in the same water. Mm. Yeah, nice. A family that bathes together stays together. Usually, it was the men of the house that bathed first, followed by other males, then females, and finally babies. At the end of this yearly routine, the water would be so dirty and cloudy that mothers would have to be careful not to throw the infants out with the water. Yeah, so not only are they dirty people, they're really not attentive either. <laughs> no. Don't throw the baby out with the bath water. What about the mad hatter? He's as mad as a hatter. Back in the days when every man wore a hat most of the time, when they left the house, they put a hat on their head. You had very expensive hats, and you would buy your hat from a, a hatter, a haberdashery, and you would go in there, and they would make a hat for you. And there was a felt lining inside, and in order to keep the felt from fraying, they would tip the felt with mercury, the same type of substance, the shiny uh, chrome-looking substance in a thermometer. They would put that mm-hmm. on the end of the felt. Well, mercury, if ingested, will make you go insane. So most of the hatters, after a while, got a little loony. So they were mad as a hatter. Mad as a hatter. Did you feel the felt on the inside? Oh. The wolf in sheep's clothing, speaking of soft and fluffy, (laughs) a person or thing that appears friendly, but it's really hostile. The warning that you weren't necessarily trust someone that appears kind and friendly 
is centuries old, but it dates back to the Bible, the King James Version of the Bible from 1611 in this passage in Matthew 7.15, for those of you following along. The King James Version of the Bible, Matthew 7.15. Uh -huh. Beware of... Uh -huh. It's very angelic. <laughs> Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are wolves. Mm. So it is biblical. That's right. Cue the Ten Commandments music. Stop, if we had like stop, a budget. Stop, 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 stop. So where's that Moses now? <laughs> what the hell was Edward G. Robinson doing in that film? He had this Brooklyn no accent. Idea. He's in the middle of the desert. And where's that Moses now? I see you. See? <laughs> I got a false prophet here. That was hysterical. And if that wasn't sacrilegious enough, when uh, God appeared in the burning bush, when he appeared to Moses, he said, I am what I am. I'm wondering if maybe the, the deleted scene was, I am what I am. You are who you are. You know. <laughs> Just messing with him. Is this mic on? Yeah. Is this mic live? <laughs> testing. Is this on? Testing, Moses. <laughs> testing. Yes. If you're wondering why we're not here next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is that that evangelical group that's picketing the show? <laughs> you know? Listen, dirt poor. Dirt poor. You've heard that saying, right? I have. Where do you think it comes from? You had nothing left but dirt. I always thought that it meant like, you know, like a farmer that crops didn't grow. He was poor because he was just dirt instead of crops. But it's not. It's even right. much older than that. Um, okay. When you built a home, if you were wealthy, you were able to have slate or stone placed on the floor. But if you weren't wealthy, they just built around the dirt. And you had dirt inside your house. So you were dirt poor. Amazing, though, that they Keep... didn't come up with the slate rich. <laughs> Good poor and slate rich. I guess you could say, uh... like the rich guy, you'd say, he rocks. <laughs> and he created rock music <laughs> keep one's powder dry stay alert be careful is what it is mm. military term well yeah you're close which it alluded to keeping the gunpowder dry so that it would ignite when you really needed it hey. it's been used figuratively since the 1800s but today is less common but it's more like hey take care of things so keep the gunpowder dry so that it's ready to go when you needed it to keep one's powder dry, stay alert, be careful. How about upper crust? The upper crust of society. Are you going to talk like Mr. and Mrs. Howell? Yes, lovey. I believe that I am part of the aristocracies. Upper I'm impressed with your impression. You like yes, that? Go ahead. Yeah, my impression's that really was... good. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start. We'll have one show where I just do impressions. You'd be impressed. Oh, I impress myself. Listen, upper crust. It is a term that has to do with bread. And back in the day, they would divide the bread. The bottom half of the bread that was usually burnt went to the workers. Whereas the family ate the middle of the bread and the guests or wealthy people got the top of the bread, which was considered the best, which was the upper crust. Upper crust. There you go. Hold your horses. The saying is typically used when someone's rushing into something. Hold your horses. Take it easy. 
hold your horses literally means to keep all of your horses still, not to be confused with holding them in a stable. You want to keep them stable, but not in a stable. You see what they did there? Mm, yes. Someone is Double. slow down when going too fast. Double entendre. That was impressive. Someone is to slow down when going too fast or to wait a moment or to be careful, be more careful, mm -hmm. or to be more patient before acting. Hold your horses. It just means to keep your horses still. Or as they say so, in the Ten Commandments, so where's your horses now? Okay. <laughs> Lay an egg. That joke laid an egg. I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. where does that saying come from? Lay an egg. This one right. is a toughie, but it's cool. All right. It's a croquet term from back in the day. <laughs> okay. It meant that your score was zero. So rather than say zero, because I guess they were as politically correct back then, maybe, as we are getting now, rather than mm -hmm. say it's three to zero, they'd say it's three to laying an egg. Yeah, it just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Doesn't, <laughs> but then again, you know, who plays croquet? <laughs> back in the day what day listen the day was one of those days where they played croquet where do expressions come from i don't know where i don't know where where do expressions come from we want to know right now a couple of more minutes here before we have to go and get things ready for our next episode of totally useless information podcast the email is TUI podcast for totally useless information podcast at outlook.com. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you think. How about we do a thing called rapid fire? It's time for rapid fire. 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 The potato has more chromosomes than a human. British Lieutenant General Henry Shrapnel was named after he got hit with lots of uh, metal fragments. The only real person that's uh, a Pez dispenser head is Betsy Ross. The name Wendy was made up for the book Peter Pan. There was never, ever a recorded Wendy before that. We all know what the pound key looks like, hash marks. Yeah, like the number I, sign. What's it called? Yeah. Well, the pound key. No, there's an actual name for it. Octotroph. An octotroph. Name the two ex-cardinals who have plaques at Monument Park at Yankee Stadium. Who? Two ex-cardinals. Who? Roger Maris. Everyone gets that because they know he's an ex-cardinal. Mm. And Pope John Paul II. <laughs> In the United States, more Frisbees are sold than baseballs, basketballs, and footballs combined. Pepsi-Cola was a medicine when it first came out. No. Yes, and a lot of people may say, oh, I heard that Coca-Cola and Pepsi-Cola were medicines. But where does Pepsi-Cola get its name from? And what was it a medicine for? Well, it was to settle your stomach. And back then, doctors would give you Pepsin to settle your stomach. Again, Pepto-Bismol, which is loaded with Pepsin. And part mm -hmm. of the ingredients in a Pepsi-Cola was Pepsin, so the gentleman named it Pepsi-Cola. Wonderful. Do you remember the the Slinky as a kid? Oh, yes. In fact, it was, uh, what was the commercial going down the stairs? What walks downstairs, a loner in pairs, and makes a slinkety sound. A spring, a spring, a marvelous thing. Everyone knows it's All spring. together now. It's spring. 
Slinky, a Slinky, for fun it's a wonderful toy. A Slinky, a Slinky, they're fun for girls and boys. Girls and boys. Slinky. For girls and boys. That was a pretty catchy jingle for the day. Slinky was an excellent squirrel deterrent for bird feeders. Ooh. When mounted on the pole of the bird feeder, it stops the squirrels from climbing up the pole. So the squirrel will try to go up and the slinky will come back down yeah. and the squirrel would not get to the bird feed. It is uh, for girls and boys because I met a girl one time who wore a slinky negligee. <laughs> not <that> <laughs> Invented in 1943, moving on, it was used in the Vietnam War. The slinky? Yep. Or the negligee? No. No. <laughs> no. It was worn by the enemy. <laughs> oh, G.I. We <laughs> love you long time. Long time. It was used in the Vietnam War, uh, the slinky was, as an impromptu radio antenna. It received a frequency of 7 to 8 megahertz, and soldiers clipped on one end of the slinky to the radio, and the other end was sent up a tree. Oh, it was lightweight. Awesome. And it received a really clear signal. We walk downstairs, a loner in pairs, and makes a slinkity sound. A spring, a spring, a marvelous thing. Everyone knows it's slinky. It's slinky, it's slinky. For fun, it's a wonderful toy. They're slinkies, they're slinkies. They're fun for girls and boys. Beautiful. <laughs> that was a cool one. That was a great way to end it, yeah. That is all that this went fast. This show went really fast. And that's all the time that we have for this edition of Totally Useless Information Podcast. Don't you worry and don't you fret because we will be back with more next time. And in the meantime, tell a friend about the trend. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.